We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, vaccine mandates. Are you for them or are you against them? And how does this entire discussion align itself with individual liberty and our constitutional freedoms? Should the government be able to tell us to get a vaccine? Or should we have the freedom to choose on our own? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's show. Frankly, I've avoided this issue for some time. And the reason that I have done so is because I'm not a medical doctor. And I'm hesitant to venture into this territory because it involves medicine. It's the entire issue of vaccines. But I don't think I can avoid it any longer here on The Rebellion because it's so critical to our ongoing discussion, our ongoing engagement with everybody around us. Everybody has a view on this. Everybody has an opinion. And as more and more companies and more and more agencies of the government, our military, for example, start requiring vaccines of everyone, I think we have to start having a conversation about this in venues like this, even if we're not medical doctors. Now, I want to say this before we go any further. All of us who are not medical professionals need to take a spoonful of humility and listen to those who are. Often before I post anything about vaccines or COVID-19, I'll ask one or two of my respected medical doctor friends what they think of the article or the uh, video or whatever piece of news it is that I'm reading or considering or thinking about forwarding via my social uh, media or even here on The Rebellion. Uh, just yesterday, I watched something, and I thought, this is fascinating. I'm very tempted to post it. It sh- certainly sh- sounds true. And so I sent it to my doctor friend up in Michigan, and I said, what do you think of this? And he said, well, some of it's pretty good, but some of it's out there. It's just wrong. It's not good science. And I respect this guy, and I think he is giving me the straight scoop. So I withheld posting that because I don't want to be guilty of perpetuating stuff that just isn't accurate or true, whether it be on COVID-19 or vaccines or anything else for that matter. And when I do stumble and post something that's not factual, and I get uh, tripped up by quote-unquote fake news, I'm very quick to try to take it down and (laughs) either apologize for it or just try to dodge the bullet and pretend I never did it. So that's my explanation as to why I've been slow on the draw in terms of getting involved in the vaccine debate here on The Rebellion. But today I'm going to read a couple things to you. I'm going to share a brief excerpt and summary from a Wall Street Journal article. And then I'm going to engage in the question, should we be for vaccines or against vaccines? How does this jibe with constitutional liberty and our personal freedoms? What about HIPAA? I thought uh, nobody had the right to know what our medical history is or was or will be, and 
what right does your employer have to intrude into your own medical records? And how about students that are at very low risk of getting COVID-19 in the first place? How about these universities that are requiring them to be vaccinated before they can even enroll? All of this stuff is very important. And all of it is coming to bear on almost all of our daily lives right now. And we're having to make decisions. Should we do this or shouldn't we? Is it biblical? Is it abiblical, meaning it really isn't covered in the Bible? The Bible is silent on it. Is it unbiblical? Does the Bible does speak to the issue? Does the Bible speak to the issue? And does it have anything negative or positive to say about it? I'll try to answer some of these questions. Probably we'll just stir up more. But uh, that's today's topic on the rebellion. So let's acknowledge our sponsors. And when I get back, we're going to discuss COVID-19 vaccines and human freedom, the church's obligation, Christians and their obligation, and what's it mean to just be a good citizen, Christian or not, when it comes to these types of things? How do we care for our neighbor? How do we care for ourselves? How do we care for our family? I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Welcome back to The Rebellion. So the question today is vaccines. What do we do about them? Are you pro-vaccine or are you anti-vaccine? And if so, on either side of the issue, why? Can you defend yourself with facts rather than a bunch of emotions? Because it is a hotly debated issue right now. It's dividing families. It's causing friends to call each, other's, each other names. It's really a divisive issue. And you know that. You've been involved in this debate. You post something out there on Facebook and you're accused of being heartless. You're, you're putting people's lives in danger. You're killing people. You're killing grandma. You evil, selfish conservatives, why in the world are you even questioning this? Uh, that's one of the extreme responses. And then you have people that are patient and kind, but they're saying, well, isn't it the compassionate thing to do? Why in the world wouldn't you want to do it if it will actually help your neighbor? You've heard all these questions. You've heard all these comments. I could go on and on about them. In fact, I will venture into some of them later on in the show. But I want to start out by sharing with you a column that I posted on Facebook that engendered a bunch of comments, a bunch of responses, some positive, some negative. But I think all of them might be very interesting for you to, to, uh, to review with me right now. So I posted this article. It was from the Wall Street Journal. The headline is, Universities Face Student Lawsuits Over COVID-19 Vaccine Mandates. And the subtitle to the column is, Legal challenges represent a significant test of the government's power to press adults to get vaccinated. Again, this is in the Wall Street Journal uh, about a week ago. Here's what the column starts out by saying. Hundreds of thousands of college and graduate students at public universities have been given a choice. Get fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or don't show up to campus in the fall. More than a dozen students have opted for a third option, sue their school. Students have brought federal lawsuits challenging the vaccination requirements at major public university systems in Indiana, Connecticut, California, and Massachusetts. The students, in several cases, backed by anti-vaccine groups, are insisting they have a constitutional right to go to college in person and be unvaccinated. The odds against the lawsuits are considerable. Public health law scholars say that these kids have very little chance of success in the courts. Already, a federal appeal court has affirmed Indiana University's vaccine requirement. 
a decision cited by other school defendants. When balancing public health interests against individual liberties, courts historically have given state entities much deference. Still, the anti-vaccine legal effort represents one of the most significant tests in recent years of the government's power, I'm going to say that one more time, power to press adults to get vaccinated against their will. All right. Now, I could go on and on and read more of this article from the Wall Street Journal, but I think you get the point. You've heard everything in the news. You've heard that um, our Secretary of Defense has come out and said that all soldiers are now going to be required to get vaccinated. And I think the goal is within about a month that they are going to force, require, every soldier in all the branches of our military to get this vaccine. And then you hear of private companies that are going to force their employees to get vaccinated. For example, the Ascension Medical Group that owns and operates the hospital up in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, is requiring all of its employees to now get vaccinated. And that's the case across that that entire uh, medical establishment. And then you have other small businesses such as I just got a phone call yesterday from a bank president up in Kansas, and his boss, the bank owner, the owner of the bank, came to him just this week and said, you have to get vaccinated. I think he gave him a week. You have to get vaccinated within a week or you're fired. Is this right? Does Walmart have the right to force its employees to get vaccinated? Does this bank have the right to force its employees, this bank president, to get vaccinated? Does the Department of Defense have the right to force all of the Marines, all of our soldiers in the Army, all of our sailors in the Navy, all of those that are in the Air Force to get vaccinated? Is this compromising the individual liberties of our citizens, or is this protecting the life and livelihood of our citizens? Well, I posted this article out there on Facebook, and I just said this about it. Again, The headline is, Universities Face Student Lawsuits Over COVID-19 Vaccine Mandate. And I just posted, May Their Tribe Increase Tenfold. Now, why did I do that? I'm not anti-vaccine per se. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. In other words, my boys, I have two boys, we had them vaccinated against smallpox and chickenpox and, um, and polio. And I don't apologize for that. Now, some of you listening probably think that was a poor decision. You think that there is um, there are complications associated with that vaccine regimen that cause potential harm, such as there's a lot of talk out there right now that autism is on the increase in the United States because of the way we vaccinate our children, and that the autism rates are greater in the United States than even in Europe because of the vaccine cocktails that we give to our kids are so much more um, aggressive than those in Europe, meaning that the combination of vaccines we give our children is several fold greater than the combinations that are given in Europe. I don't have the exact number, but I think the number of vaccines included in our regiment is perhaps twice as much as the number of vaccines that are given in any given instance in the regiment in Europe. And therefore, some people speculate that the autism rates in the United States are affected by that. Is there proof? Well, that's up for debate. Some people say yes, some people say no. 
But the point is, there's a discussion going on about the safety of these vaccines, and are there some neg- negative repercussions? And I think that's fair. We should all be asking those questions as informed consumers of these products. Again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I think some vaccines are of value. Polio, for example, small t- smallpox, mumps, measles. I think all of these things are of value. And I haven't seen any evidence personally that um, would suggest that there is enough of a negative effect from taking those vaccines that would preclude me from taking them myself or having my children vaccinated. However, I think this discussion of COVID-19 vaccines is a little different. Why? Well, number one, it's still an experimental drug by definition. By definition, this is an experimental drug. I will say it one more time. This is an experimental drug by definition. And if you've had the vaccine, that's fine. That was your decision. You chose to be part of the experiment. And if you're older and you have a comorbidity, then it makes all the sense in the world for you to roll the dice and say, fine, I'm going to do this because I'm concerned about my health if I don't protect it in the midst of this pandemic. And I don't begrudge you at all your decision in going and doing that. It's your choice. It's your decision. And it may have been a good one for you. If you have cancer and you're 75, 80 years old and your white cell count, white blood cell count is down and diminished because of that or because of the chemotherapy or whatever else you're engaging in to try to mitigate that cancer, then you might be very well within your rights and within good reason and medical science to go out and get vaccinated because you need to protect yourself against the potential of this virus actually making you very ill because of your comorbidities and your age. So I think we need to respect people that have been vaccinated for those reasons. But here's the question. Should we respect those who are healthy have no comorbidities, are younger, and statistically have an insignificant chance of getting the disease in the first place, and if they do, of suffering grave illness as a result. For example, it is a fact, as we speak right now, that the mortality rate for the Delta variant of COVID-19 is 0.08%. I'll say that again, 0.08%. So why are we panicking over this? 0.08% mortality rate on the Delta variant. It seems rather unusual that we would shut down the entire free world, its economy, and take all the freedoms away from its citizens over a 0.08 mortality rate. And why would we force everyone to participate in an experimental vaccine on the basis of that data? That's a logical question that I've been asking. And that's why I said, may their tribe increase tenfold. Because I think these young students have the right to say no. Here's a reason. I know some people have said there could be potential side effects from this vaccine. Other people will say, no, that's just not true. Well, those who are saying, no, that's just not true, here's my question. 
How do you know? How do you know it's not true? Has there been longitudinal analysis that's several years old in determining that there are no side effects? The answer, by definition, is no. The vaccine hasn't been around long enough for such analysis to take place. We don't know what's going to happen 12 months, 24 months, 36 months after taking the drug, after getting injected with this vaccine. You can't know that far out because it hasn't existed that long. So it's a logical question to say, I don't understand what's going to happen long term as a result of having this thing put in my body. Therefore, I don't want it put in my body. And don't you think that Americans should have the right to say that? And do you think they should lose their jobs if they do say that? And if they say no, thank you? Do you think that they should be refused medical service at a hospital or an emergency room? If they've said, no, I don't want that in my body, I don't know what it will do three years from now, five years from now, ten years from now. That bothers me. I don't like the fact that we don't have that data, and I don't think the government should be using me as a guinea pig to come up with that data. That's my concern with regard to the vaccine. We just don't know. Again, if you're older and you've chosen to Get the vaccine, good for you. It was probably a good thing, a right thing, and maybe even the medically and scientifically expedient thing for you to do. And even if you're younger and you want it, that's your business. But should these students at the University of Indiana and elsewhere be forced to take this vaccine? What about the long-term effects on fertility, for example? Should that be a point of concern for a woman who's 21 years of age? And she's being told that she has to take a drug where there's no evidence, pro or con, as to whether or not it affects fertility. It may not, or it might. Again, how would you know? There hasn't been enough time to answer that question. And you've heard all of the other concerns. You've heard all of the other concerns as to, you know, what this, what this drug could or could not do. And again, I'm not a medical doctor, so I'm not, a, I'm not going to get into... Um, telling you whether those claims, those medical claims, are true or false. What I am saying right now is logically and legally, constitutionally, do you have the right to ask these questions? And should you be forced to compromise your freedom for something that is still in the experimental phase? Okay, with that said, I'm going to read a couple of these comments. Now, one comes from a woman that um, she's gracious, and I don't want to throw her under the bus, so I'm not going to mention her last name. But her, I think her saying, mentioning her first name is safe because lots of people have this first name. Her name is Lou, and she says, I don't see why people are against vaccines. If they really don't want one, go somewhere else. An anti-vaccine message should not be cloaked in Christianity. The most considerate thing to do is get the vaccine. Now, that's an interesting comment to what I said in my post, isn't it? Again, I just posted this Wall Street Journal column about students not wanting the vaccine and suing the universities for trying to force them to get it. I'm asking logical questions that I think everybody should be asking about an experimental drug that hasn't been around long enough to be tested as to its long-term side effects. And I said, may their tribe increase, because I think these students are doing the right thing to say, wait a second, you can't force me to get this because essentially you're forcing me 
to act as a lab rat and a guinea pig for your experiment. And by definition, that's exactly what's going on. So this woman says, I don't see why people are against it, implying me. And then she says, I really don't uh, want, if, if they really don't want one, the vaccine, the shot, then go someplace else. I don't know what she means by that. Uh, but the next comment, I do understand. An anti-vaccine message should not be cloaked in Christianity. Well, where did I say anything about Christianity? There's nothing in the Wall Street Journal article about Christianity. There's nothing in my post about Christianity. So why is she saying it's cloaked in Christianity? I don't know. I don't understand that. But then she says the most considerate thing to do is to get the vaccine. So she's pleading for us to be considerate and compassionate to our neighbors, which I think we should be considerate and compassionate to our neighbors, not just about medicine, but in all ways. But I responded to her and I said, well, maybe it's because no one should be forced to take a drug that is still experimental and unapproved by the FDA. And she responded and says, but why is this message cloaked in Christianity? That's the second time she said that. I see getting vaccinated as a compassionate thing to do for the people around me. I do not think vaccines should be mandatory, but why do you use your platform to discourage people from getting vaccines and vaccinations? Well, you know what? <laughs> I don't know why you keep saying that I'm cloaking it in Christianity. I've said nothing about Christianity. I'm talking about human freedom and human liberty and human health and the human life, and I'm talking about the rights that you have constitutionally to say, I don't want to be a lab rat in your experiment for something that could have some negative, negative side effects. Oh, they won't. Well, how do you know? You don't know. That's my point. And that really doesn't have a lot to do with Christianity because I never brought it up. Okay. So I responded and said, first, it's not cloaked in Christianity. In fact, there's no mention of Christianity in this article or in my post. And second, if you're suggesting that compassion is akin to doing what's best for your neighbor, then maybe you need to ask yourself why you think subservience is more compassionate than freedom. I'll say that one more time. Why do you think subservience is more compassionate than freedom? And then third, how is telling people they should be lab rats for an experimental drug the compassionate thing to do, quote unquote? And finally, if my neighbor is worried about getting sick, then he should get vaccinated if he wants to. And if he's convinced the vaccine is the solution, then why is he worried? In other words, if you think the vaccine works and protects you, why are you worried about me not being vaccinated? You shouldn't be because you're protected because you are. Okay? In other words... I think this lady's argument is pretty fallacious and pretty vacuous. Now, other people kind of chimed in. Here's one from my friend Bruce up in, up in Iowa. He responds, why is getting the vaccine cloaked in Christianity? This has nothing to do about compassion. Where's the compassion for the people who feel they can't risk getting an unproven vaccine when there are so many side effects, perhaps even death, from the vaccine for a disease that has a 99% survival rate. The best doctors and scientists still disagree on this, but 
the media keeps pushing it. Getting or not getting the vaccine has nothing to do with how compassionate a Christian feels. But no one, especially the government, has the right to force medical procedures of any kind on any person for any reason. Then freedom is totally lost. This is only the beginning. So I guess in conclusion, what I'm saying once again is I'm not a medical doctor. I don't understand all the science behind this. I'm trying to educate myself just like you are. But I do have a head on my shoulders just like you do. I can ask good questions just like you can. And I think it's reasonable for us to point out that in the history of medicine, there have been other drugs that everybody said was safe that ended up not being so. Do you remember the thalidomide babies of the 1950s and 60s? You know, a lot of doctors, a lot of medical professionals, a lot of experts thought thalidomide was a safe drug for nausea during pregnancy. But what happened? You had thousands of birth defects. Babies born with their hands attached to their shoulders because they had no arms. Or their feet attached at their knees because they were missing portions of their legs. You know, we don't know what the side effects of many drugs will be, or any drugs will be, until we test them. And we have longitudinal analysis, meaning long-term analysis, year-by-year analysis of what those drugs actually do. Every drug, and any doctor, again, I think I'm venturing into territory that's verifiable right now, any good doctor with worth his or her salt will tell you that all drugs, all drugs, have potential side effects, and that you need to be careful about the use of those drugs or the abuse of those drugs because of those side effects. So why would we think that this drug is any different and that just because Dr. Fauci tells us it's safe, we should all just rush out and give away our constitutional liberties and take the drug? Be happy. You know, there's more we could talk about Is it biblical? I don't think vaccines are unbiblical, but I do have to wonder about giving our freedoms up so easily, so easily. If that's unbiblical, is it unbiblical to give away human freedom? Or should human freedom be cherished and preserved and protected and defended? I would argue that the narrative of Scripture is a Scripture of human freedom. From the Exodus narrative to the freedom that God gives us to either accept or reject him, we were created as free human beings. God did not create us as robots or automatons to just do what we're told and programmed to do. So biblically, I think freedom should always take first place. I'm Dr. Everett Piper. And this is the rebellion. Remember this, in times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left.